Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points.
to the show, everybody. Thanks for joining me. We're on Gay Mass tonight, so we're going to talk about gay stuff tonight. We'll be back in a minute. Thanks.
Hello? Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're just... I'm, well, I'm going to stream your show through... Uh, through. Can you um, hear me? Can you hear the show? No, I couldn't hear the show at all. Oh, I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah. I haven't set it up right yet. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, you want to place me on hold or something until you decide to start? I'm starting right now, <laughs> actually. Oh, okay. So go ahead. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, so everybody, thanks for joining me tonight on Off Limits. Uh, tonight we're doing gay mass, talking about gay issues and stuff, as well as regular the regular stuff on the show. Got several things to talk about tonight. If you want to join me, you can go to um, Spreaker.com. Uh, Spreaker.com backslash users backslash Off Limits Show. Or you can just go to Spreaker.com and search for me, Off Limits Show or Gay Mass, and you can find the show there that way. And I'm happy to... Um, have you join us tonight here on Spreaker? Um, hold on one second. I wanted to tweet out real quick one more time the link because there's some confusion. Uh, so been trying to set up Spreaker um, the way I had BTR set up in terms of you know having it um, able to take phone calls and able to um, stream music as well as my voice and also able to hopefully stream the show to callers as well because one of the things that's great about um, one of the only things that was great about BTR was the fact that you were able to actually have uh, callers call in and hear the show not just speak so going to try to figure out a way to do that I'm sure there's a way I haven't had a lot of time to really go in and uh, figure out specifically how to make that happen but I know it's possible I know it's possible with a mixer mixer board which I may end up having to buy in order to make this work the way I want it to work and I'm perfectly happy to do that because I think this format is so much better than on um, than on um, than on whatchamacallit <laughs> <laughs> then on BTR. So I hope you, uh, thanks for joining me, everybody in the chat room. Thanks for being there. Hey, Bats Up Girl. Hey, Caleb Woods. And the 5x5, five five, David, thank you for joining me. Anybody else who's listening, anybody who's listening later in the archive, I appreciate you listening to the show. Um, so wanted to, before I move on to the show, I wanted to um, illustrate or tell you exactly how you can connect to me. If you want to call into the show tonight, the call-in number is 214-377-0481. Um, it is, you know, as I said, uh, somewhat of an experiment, so things may or may not go right if you call into the show, but I'm going to try if you want to talk to me later during the show. Um, I'll let you know when it's time to take calls because I want to talk about a few things first. Uh, but I also wanted to let you know, if you want to check me out, you can go to offlimitshow.com. Um, I've got a lot of my previous shows there where they um, are archived or linked to uh, BTR shows that I've done in the past, as well as shows on my own site that I did. Um, and I'm also going to begin to put Spreaker shows. This is really the first Spreaker, real, real Spreaker show I've done on here. I've done several test shows, but this is the first real Spreaker show I've done. So I'll begin to embed those well as, as well on the offlimitshow.com site. You can also go to iTunes. I have submitted uh, the Spreaker show to iTunes, so it should be showing up on iTunes within 30 days, and you'll be able to listen to the show on your iPod or iPad or computer or wherever else you can get iTunes um, there as well. Uh, so lots of, play, lots of ways to connect uh, to the show 
And we are certainly, or we, I say we like I'm like this big staff, me, I, (laughs) I am happy to have you listening to the show. Just so you know, a little history about my show. Um, I have been doing the Off Limits show for about three years now. Um, I started the show initially on Blog Talk Radio and have moved it over to Spreaker uh, as of today, officially. So today's the very first show, as I said, that I'm doing on Spreaker officially. Um, I've uploaded a few shows in the past uh, to Spreaker that I'd done on BTR, but I'm uh, moving over to Spreaker because I found it to be a much better platform. Um, so I'm going to, uh, so I, my show typically is about several things. I do a show called Off Limits Show, which is the title of the entire show, but I do sort of these uh, sort of topical shows based on different topics, you know, like um, I do Gay Mass, which is typically about gay rights, gay issues, gay news. I do Brain Purge. Brain Purge is a show, of, you know, that I do that's... Um, Basically me speaking to you, just uh, random thoughts and um, ideas or whatever comes to my head, unfiltered, basically, uh, coming out and just random stream of consciousness type of a thing. So that's what Brain Purge is. So you can check out Brain Purge or you can check out um, Gay Mass as well as some other shows I do. Um, when I do an off-limits show, officially, as I call it, uh, it's more about politics or religion or something, a race, possibly. I talk about race a lot. I talk about politics, I talk about religion. I talk about uh, equality because these are the things that are important to me. So, and these are the things that make me uh, who I am and uh, why I am the way I am. And, you know, I just, it just is part of me, my fabric of, of me. So that's what I talk about on my show. And, of course, we have callers who call in. Occasionally, I'll do a tarot card reading for people who want tarot card readings. Um, I do that for fun. So you, you kind of get a little bit of everything on Off Limits show. Uh, sometimes they're great. Sometimes they suck. I mean, that's just the honest truth. <laughs> some shows are really good. I've had some really, really, really great shows uh, in the past three years. Really great conversations with people about everything uh, you could imagine. And I'm, um, I think that I think conversation conversation is highly important um to um any kind of topic if you want to change the world if you want to change the the conversation that is happening in society if you want to make changes uh to the way society functions you have to start somewhere and my little show i think uh, facilitates conversations about race and religion and um homophobia and misogyny and uh, politics and right wing versus left wing and um, you know just what is what life's about everything that you that affects you as an, as an adult or as a human being that this show addresses so um, and by the way the call in number is actually 214-377-0481 not 213 in the chat room there but <laughs> thanks anyway uh, so that's a little bit about the show. And I also, one more thing about the show before I move on, uh, we play a lot of music on the show. Sometimes I'll have shows that are only about, they're just musical and just music. I am someone who adores music. I love it. It's a huge part of who I am. I started playing violin when I was five years old, piano when I was eight. I played the trombone in middle school. Um, and then I played, um, the guitar for since about 20 years old. I don't play any of them as much as I once did, but I can still play them all. And um, I find music to be the, uh, I don't know, the sweetness of life, really. I mean, if without music, can you really imagine what life would be like and how mundane it would be? So that's why I do this show. And um, you can always check out the show. Actually, the actual 
um, archives of the previous shows I'd done, mostly on Blog Talk Radio, are all already on uh, iTunes. So if you go to iTunes and you type in Off Limits Show, um, you'll see the show come up and you'll see like 200 plus episodes on there. And um, you can also uh, type in gay because uh, I have a lot of gay topical shows and it'll also bring up my show. Look, usually I think it's on the second page of iTunes. Uh, when you search for the through the podcasts, so I hope you guys will check that out and you will um, come back for more. So once again, if you want to call in, the number is two one four three seven seven zero four eight one. I'll get you the calls in just a minute. But I wanted to talk about something that happened earlier on on here on Spreaker. I was actually um, listening to some shows. I was trying to check out the shows and see what was you know what other people were doing, what their shows were like. And I went to a show uh, on here called 101, 101.9 The Mix. They were playing amazing music, really great music. And it, the show's really more just music and uh, kind of a traditional show about, um, you know, like a typical DJ type show. Uh, and they interspersed it with you know, a little bit of talk or whatever. So I was on there and they were ironically playing What Would You Rather? And why I say the reason I say ironic is because I've had this box on my desk right next to my microphone here, uh, the Would You Rather game. It's a box um, for about a week, and I was planning to play that on my show. So I was like, wow, somebody had the same idea that I had. Um, so they asked for Would You Rather questions. So I pulled out a card and I um, went in, I picked a question, and the question was, uh, Would you rather? And the question actually was, Would you rather? Let me see. Uh, would you rather, oh, the question on the card was, would you rather have to watch with your family and friends a video of every time you've ever cursed or every time you've ever lied? That was the question from the card, but I had a better question in mind. I said in the, in the chat room, I said, uh, would you rather have to watch with your family and friends video of you having sex every day, every time you've ever, a video of every time you've ever had sex or a video of every time you've ever gone to the bathroom and done number two. <laughs> so that's that raises the stakes of the question a little bit, right? Because I think the idea of would you rather is really more about uh, picking between two things you would never want to do at all, right? And so I made I raised the stakes on that question, made two things that you would never want to ever have to do, right? So, but if you had to do one of the two, you'd have to pick. So anyway, that was the question I posed in the, in the chat. And the person um, that runs the show said, no cursing in here. And I said, what did I say that was a curse word? And they said, you said sex. And they didn't even spell sex, but they put S apostrophe X. I said, so you consider sex to be a curse word? And they said, yes, we do. And we don't tolerate the word sex in our chat room. And so... Uh, I said, well, um, I, I said, most, I said, unless you're a pilgrim, you probably don't consider the word sex to be offensive. And I said, you know, I so saw you're not somebody I really want to know. And so I left the chat and that was it. So I think that, um, you know, for me, I, I find people to be really uptight about sex and that's one of the things we talk about on this show a lot. We talk about sex on this show. And, I, and, and the reason, by the way, I called the show Off Limits Show is because the majority of the things we talk about are things that you are not supposed to talk about in polite conversation, things that are considered off limits in the majority of conversations you'll have with people uh, in your life. And so that's why I called the show The Off Limits Show. Um, so I'm going to play a song. Um, 
Okay, never mind. Because somebody said we were having trouble, but he can hear me, so it was his side. He said, never mind. So anyway, so I, I wanted to definitely address that on my show tonight because sex is not something to be ashamed of. Sex is not something to be embarrassed by. And here in the United States, we are so completely... I don't know what the word is, just just puritanical, I guess, is the obvious word to choose for this, puritanical about sex. And that's what the word you hear used in relation to this kind of argument all the time. And I find, you know, if you go to Europe and they have nude beaches and you have entire families there walking around the beaches nude together and no one's ashamed of nudity, mothers or breasts are out and the dad's, you know, wang is out, <laughs> the penis is hanging out. So, I mean, all of these things are um, very... Um, you know, typical in certain places in the world. And it's only in the United States where we have a lot of um, shame about the human body. And I feel like really most of the time people who are ashamed of their bodies were raised to believe that um, that sex or the human body is naughty and, sec and, 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 and sinful and carnal and it's not nothing about it is beautiful or aesthetically attractive or whatever so a lot of people look at the, the human body and only see sex and they don't see it aesthetically and you know my having gone to art school um and having um you know a, one of my degrees being based in fine arts a bachelor of fine arts degree one of my degrees um you know i understand art and i love art and i and i i feel that there's nothing wrong with the human body. And when I see a human body, I don't, I mean, yeah, of course, I see a hot guy, and, you know, of course, I'm gonna look at him sexually and carnally, of course, yes. But what's wrong with that? What is wrong with looking at someone and, and, and wanting them or lusting after them? I don't know why that's such a big deal for people. Um, and so, of course, if you have like, um, you know, little kids, little girls around, and you don't want some man's penis hanging out that you don't know or whatever, um, around them or whatever. And if you have little boys around, you don't necessarily want the same thing. So it seems like the male genitalia seems to be the one that people are mostly opposed to, like as if it's naughty, nasty, disgusting, and wrong. Um, and of course, there is an appropriate age level, I feel personally, um, that is acceptable for a child to be able to see nudity. But that's because I've been raised here in the United States, as I just said go to Europe it's not like that at all so is one one side more correct than the other well I feel that this is the reason we have so much um, hatred towards gay people in this country because a lot of people in this country feel that um, you know being gay is wrong evil whatever obviously the obvious main reason being the Bible is utilized against gay people stating that gays are disgusting and evil and wrong um, but I think the basis of all that beyond just the religious side of it is because of the, 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 the shame behind sex and the feeling behind gay sex or whatever. So if you are someone who is homophobic or hates gays or whatever, because you feel that gay sex is not the same as straight sex or not as, um, important or because you can't have a child as a result of it, you're wrong. And one of the arguments by the Catholic church that's often used and this has been this way since the 13th century against gay people um, and against people who, well, against gay people generally, hold on, sorry, is that um, they cannot procreate. So they can't have children or make a baby, basically. So as a result of that, since the 13th century, that has been the policy of the Catholic Church. And that policy has sort of filtered down through the um, Protestant churches as well, Christian churches, whatever. And of course, many other religions believe this as well in terms of Muslims and um, Judaism and, and other ones as well. 
so um, that is why it is as such. But before this, this tenant was sort of um, delivered and put onto the um, uh, to people by the churches. Uh, before that, there were actually gay marriages that took place in the Christian church nearly 2,000 years ago. And let me repeat that. There were gay marriages <laughs> that took place in the Christian church nearly 2,000 years ago. And this is something you never hear about. And because you never hear about it, you may think I'm lying to you or as if it's completely wrong or I'm just making it up. But no, this is based on several books as well as one particular book by a Yale scholar um, uh, named Annalie Newitz, uh, who, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, John Boswell, um, and who was actually a Yale scholar and a religious Catholic, and um, wrote about the whole of the early Roman Empire and the early Christian church, and stated that there were dozens of records of church ceremonies where two men were joined in unions uh, that used the same rituals as heterosexual marriages, and that they had the same rights and the same everything. So and even inheriting land and blah, blah, blah. So people who often use the uh, argument that um, that gay marriage somehow redefines um, gay marriage somehow redefines marriage today are simply wrong. It is not first of all it's been redefined many times, but also the fact is that gay marriage was once accepted by society even thousands of years ago. So I just wanted to make that point about that. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about um, some other stuff as well. If you want to call in now, you can. Um, the number, once again, is 214-377-0481. But you can also um, feel free to use Skype. If you have Skype, it's free to call the show from anywhere in the world. Um, just dial or put in the name Off Limits Show, add me, and I will um, add you back. And you can call in and talk me for the, to me that way for free. And people can hear you in the chat room as well. So hope to talk to you soon. And I'll be right back after this. Thanks.
Okay, we're back. Sorry. Uh, like I said, there there's some um, technical issues going on because I'm <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out when you can hear me, when you can't. I muted myself, but on the switchboard or the board that I'm using, but I forgot to mute myself on Skype. So apparently, you could hear me singing. So I'm really sorry for subjecting you to my um, vocal talents or lack thereof. So anyway, <laughs> if you want to call into the show. Uh, the number is uh, 214-377-0481. What do you mean you can still hear me talking? You mean after I muted myself on Skype, you can still hear me talking? I wasn't saying anything after that. I don't think I said anything after that. Anyway, uh, so we are talking tonight about whatever's on my mind, but we're talking about, uh, we talked a moment about how Americans Americans are pretty um, puritanical about sex or whatever. Uh, and it is true, unfortunately. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Let's unmute him on Skype and see if we can hear you. Oh, so, oh, you could hear you on Skype. So that's good. Fuck, hold on. Let's go back. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you can't hear me. Hold on, hold on. Uh, where the fuck is Skype? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, there we go. Now, can you hear me now? You should be able to hear me now. Okay. Yes, yes, we can hear you now. Okay, good. Good, good. All right. So anyway, uh, so sorry about the uh, the subjection to my singing. I apologize, everybody who's listening over in the other show um, and on my show. I apologize. Uh, so now you hear two of us. It says, "Are you hearing that on Skype? Are you hearing that on? I mean, are you hearing that two of us on Spreaker? Or are you hearing two of me on the other one? Because Bathtub Girl, if you have Talkshoe open as well as Spreaker, then you might hear me twice. Yeah." Um, yeah, you probably hear me that for that reason. Um, everybody else in the chat room, David and Caleb, can you hear me once or do you hear me twice? I'm sorry to use you guys as guinea pigs, but I'm trying to make sure everything is set up right. He only hears one. So, yeah, it was Todd's stream. OK, yeah, it was it was the other stream. OK, so we can move on with the show now. Great. OK, so um, what was I going to talk about? Oh, so I was talking earlier to Caleb about the fact that I, um, who's in the chat room right now, um, and David as well is in the chat room. Okay, good. You hear me once. He hears me. Okay, stop. Sorry to pause again, but Caleb, um, you're saying you hear me once and someone else talking. Does that mean you can hear Todd when he's talking? You should be able to hear him. Todd, say something. Yes, testing, testing, one, two. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Okay, Caleb, Caleb, did you hear Todd say testing, testing, one, two? You should be able to hear him. Okay, yeah. So apparently, uh, even though I had you muted, I had myself muted on Skype during the show. They could hear you talking, Todd. So that means that, yeah, okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, good. So I'm just trying to figure out how everything's working here, everybody. Thank you for help, your help. Okay, good. So what was I going to say? Um... Oh, okay, so I was going to say this. Okay, look, so I have been um, gay, obviously, all my life, but I came out when I was 13, no, I was 14, actually. Came out when I was 14, and when I did come out, uh, the I was, okay, great, there's going to be this whole community, community out there just waiting for me, and going to be so nice and kind and loving and accepting, and, you know, and I spent my, most of my life uh, being very much an outcast because I was biracial, 
And um, and not that anybody who's biracial is always an outcast, but I, I was, you know, it wasn't just because I was biracial, it was also because I was just different. I'm just a different kind of person. But um, I think that is definitely exacerbated. I know it did. Anyway, but because of that, um, so I knew when I was gay, I was like, okay, no big deal. I'm just, just one more thing, right? No big deal. And so once I came out, I was expecting this community of people who were so nice to me and loving and accepting. Well, that's not what I found. When I actually, when I actually came out, um, I thought I, I was going to have a new family and, and friends and stuff, right? And I did make friends and whatever, but it really wasn't like that at all. The gay community itself is and always has been uh, dominated, major, the majority of it, by um, um, white men, okay? White gay men, generally. So as a result of that, there's a lot of racism in the gay community. There was then, there is now. And um, I experience a lot of that when I first came out and I would, you know, meet people online, as I told you before in previous shows, if you listen to my show on BTR before, um, I have told you before that I would meet people online and we'd meet up and, and they didn't know I was biracial. They didn't know I was half black and half white. They didn't have a clue. And I didn't feel the need to tell them. I felt, well, I, I honestly didn't understand why it was a big deal. They were either attracted to me or they weren't, you know? They were either interested or they weren't. I didn't understand why, whether I was uh, biracial or not, mattered. So I didn't mention it to anybody for a long time because I just didn't think about it because I didn't think about race. I didn't think about it that way or whatever, whether they were white or Hispanic or whatever it was I was interested in. So, um, so I remember meeting several guys and one guy... I met, I uh, came to my house and, um, he was, I was 14 and he was like, um, 17, I think yeah, he was 17. His name was Bill. Anyway. And he came to my house and we, we met, we talked on, online and on the phone for probably a couple months. And so we finally met up and, um, he met me and he said, Oh, I didn't know you were Hispanic. And I said, I'm not Hispanic. <laughs> he said, Oh, but you look like you are. I said, but I'm not. I said, I'm half black. I'm half white. He said, you are? It's like, yeah. And so he was like, oh, okay. And so it was all very weird after that. And then it happened again and again and again. I'd go to meet guys or, you know, for dates or whatever, um, like first dates or something. And it often happened. It didn't happen all the time, of course. Obviously, I had many dates and ended up having sex a lot, whatever. But I I was, um, uh, it happened a lot of the time. I'd say 50% of the time it had probably happened that way. And so I just realized that it was now for some reason, and they would tell me they would get so offense offended that like one guy got so offended. He's like, why didn't you fucking tell me? I didn't know you were, you were, you anyway, I'm not going to use the words that he used, but he, you know, was not very nice to me. And so, you know, um, I, I, after that happened, um, they, they always tried to make it like it was my fault for not having told them. And I felt very, 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 um, what's the word? Um, you know, dis, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Sorry, it's escaped my brain. But just sort of uh, dejected and, and, and hurt and, and just very depressed over it. And I and I began to get a complex and feel like, well, what the fuck is wrong with me? I mean, I'm not ugly. I knew I wasn't ugly because I got plenty of affirmation that I wasn't an unattractive person from other people, even though these people would say I was because I wasn't what they expected. Um, and I really began to have a really bad, yes, dehumanized. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you very much about that girl. Um, and I began to develop this major anxiety complex. Okay. And I got major, I mean, it began, and I always had somewhat of an anxiety 
minor, very, very minor anxiety issue. But when, the, when I started dating when I was 14 and this kind of thing started to happen, my anxiety levels went up. I mean, just crazy because I was always afraid I was going to be rejected by everyone I met or judged or people were not going to like me or that I wasn't going to be what they expected. So I always was so afraid to meet people. So it took me longer and longer and longer to meet people because I had to really feel like I could trust them and, and be honest with them. And so, of course, at that point, I was always honest in the beginning. And not that I was never lying about it in the beginning, but I mean, I was always upfront about the fact that I was biracial. So if, and so when I first started talking to someone, I would say, well, I'm biracial. And then I would say, I'm, you know, six foot and I have dark brown hair and I have green eyes and da, da, da. So that's what I would, that's what I would say. Um, and then they would say, oh, you know, I didn't know that you know, I'm not interested or they would, they would be interested. So for me, my experience was very different and, and weird in the gay community when I was coming out because I was very, um, most of my experiences were online meeting people. I, I didn't begin to meet people out in public, you know, in terms of dating, I mean, um, until I was probably 17, you know, or eight, yeah, but probably about 17 and then 18, of course, in college and stuff. So I, you know, and then I began to get more affirmation about my appearance and stuff for people who didn't care what race I was or what mixture of races I was. They just cared about, you know, what I looked like or who I was inside. They didn't care about what my father was or my mother was. Um, I, the point I'm getting to here though, is, is that it was the gay community, uh, for me, when I came out, was not a welcoming place. And it wasn't just about dating people. It was just even also just about having friendships and, and knowing people and really being somewhat of a, you know, part of the group, you know. And what I always really wanted wanted so badly was just to belong and feel like I be felt like I belonged, you know, somewhere. Even in my own family, besides my mother and my grandmother, whom adored me and I loved them and whatever. But I mean, I felt like I belonged with them, of course. But um, my extended family, I never felt like I belonged in either side. Um, and I never felt like I belonged with my, um, um, with people in school, you know, only a few handful of friends I was belonged to or whatever. I mean, at least when I was 14 at that point, later on that changed. But my point is, is that I never felt like I belonged. So I really, what I was longing for was a feeling of belonging. And like, there was a community out there that was going to accept me and love me. And when I came out, that wasn't what I experienced. And even, like I said, I, I tried to be friends with people and they wouldn't want to be friends with me because, because of what they perceived me as. So... Nowadays, the gay community um, isn't really that much different. Um, people look at the gay community from the outside and they think, well, you know, gay guys are so nice and sweet and da 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 or whatever. And yeah, gay guys can be those things, of course. And I have plenty of friends who are like that. But I, I learned from those years, those, those teenage years before I was an adult, and all of the sort of pain I, and agony I went through. And there was a lot of it because I'm an incredibly sensitive individual. And I... I, it was it was just I can't explain to you how excruciating and painful those years were for me and not just for those reasons for many others as well but I I had um, come through that and realized that um, what was important in people not that I didn't before but it reinforced what I already knew was that it didn't matter what people were physically you know, their physical attractiveness or their race or their socioeconomic background or who they were. Otherwise, all that mattered to me, and I knew it was shallow to be any other way, was who they were inside. Just like Martin Luther King Jr. said about the content of their character. That's all I really give a shit about, okay? And so that's why through high school, all of my friends were just like a fucking rainbow flag. I mean, I had friends of all kinds, all races, all socioeconomic backgrounds, all types of people, jocks and cheerleaders. And I also had friends who were like, you know, like goth or whatever. And I had friends who were like, you know... Um, 
friends of every group is what I'm trying to say. And I thank God that I went through those things because it really helped me to be who I am today and really accept everybody for who and what they are. And so even though it was agonizing and painful and really, really, really difficult for me, it made me, I was already strong because I was, I survived it, but I, it made me so strong today to be able to be myself and stand in my own, my own um, skin and be comfortable in it because I learned that I have no interest in people like that. I had no interest in knowing people like that. I have no interest in being around people like that. And unfortunately, the gay community is filled with a huge uh, swath of vapid, vacuous individuals who have no interest in what is what is important. You know, if you look at the stereotype, the stereotype of a gay man, the stereotype I'm talking about here, the stereotype is a gay man loves fashion and loves you know nice things and ni- nice decor and. And that was all about, you know, flowers and hair and shit like that or whatever. And a gay man, it just, you know, um, cares about appearances generally. Um, really, that's the stereotype of it, okay, of a gay man. And it's not true of every gay man. I'm living example, and all of my friends that I'm close to and, and that, are, that are gay are living examples of that. And people I know in BTR and people I know online are examples of that. I know that people like me exist, and I know them, and that's why we're all friends, because we are alike. We're not like that. But they're, the group that is like that is the group of gay people who are considered to be revered. And that's what people expect you to be. And I myself didn't just going to be myself. I happen to be in what people may think is a shallow, superficial um, career, which is architecture and interior design. Okay. And so, you know, I don't see architecture that way because I see architecture as something that affects every single person, every single day of their life, everywhere you go. Interior design does as well in your car, in your airport, uh, in, you know, in a building you go to for your office, your home, every it's every fucking where. So I don't consider it to be a shallow, superficial um, pursuit personally, but that's because I, you know, that's who I am and that's who I'm supposed to be. But um, you know, if I were a hairdresser, is that shallow? No, not necessarily by itself. If you're a fashion designer, is that shallow? Not necessarily by itself. It's more about what you take from, you know, eat people. I'm not trying to say, I'm starting to get like, you know, fr- fr- uh, flustered here. Sorry. I'm trying to say this is that when you do something, it's not who you are. Okay. When you do something, it's not who you are, but gay men are often stereotyped as being exactly what they do. And so if you're a hairdresser, you're this, you know, whatever. So I just want to say that that I'm I'm just disheartened that even today in this time in this era, we still have all this bigotry in the gay community, and um, I think that it's changing because the the demographics of this country are changing, of the world really are changing, and um, now you see a lot more um, brown people, if you want to call it, or beige people like myself, <laughs> out there in the in the community being being leaders in the community. Whereas twenty years ago, that was not the case. So. I just want to talk a little about that. I wanted to say that I'm glad things are moving in a different direction. And not to think that all gay people are like that. Gay people are not all shallow, superficial assholes. But yes, they do exist and they do have a detrimental effect on some of us. And have those of us who have to be ourselves and, and not fit some particular mold 
Um, and let's talk about what is that mold? That mold is someone who probably has blonde hair, blue eyes, six foot four, um, you know, perfect, perfect gym body, perfect ass, perfect ab, perfect biceps, lives in a perfect house, drives a perfect um, foreign German car, drives, you know, it, it has all the perfect clothing and has the perfect high end job, makes, you know, 500,000 a year or whatever that this is the this is the this is the epitome of what gay men are supposed to live up to this is what gay men and so there's so much pressure for us to 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 uh, achieve that level of success in those particular things and it's almost impossible for everyone to achieve those things well it is impossible for every single gay person to achieve those things and the reality is there's plenty of gay guys who are who are in poverty and there's plenty of gay guys who are just middle class, you know, whatever. So it's it's not it's unfair for the rest of society to judge us and say, look, you, you need to be like this in order for you to be a valued gay person. And that's just not fair. So I just wanted to say that. I, don't, I kind of got off track a little bit, but I wanted to talk about that because I feel that it's unfair for people to expect us to meet a certain mold. Now, I fortunately meet some of those criteria, but I'm not um, but I don't judge myself as being better than another gay person because I do. And I don't think somebody else who's uh, gay is better than me um, who does either. So anyway, if you want to call into the show, sorry, 214-377-0481. Going to play a song. Be right back.
All right, so we're back. Thanks for joining me here on Off of a Show tonight. Uh, if you want to call into the show, the number is 214-377-0481. I'm happy to take your call uh, while we talk about whatever I talk about tonight <laughs> on the show. Um, so we talked a little bit about tonight um, puritanical views on sex, basically. And we talked about um, sort of stereotypes and um, how hard it is to be gay uh, for gay people sometimes. Um, but my friend actually in uh, the chat room, Caleb, actually is gay. He just came out not too long ago or has begun the process. And uh, it has been difficult for him. He's got a couple parents who are sort of or who are very religious. So he's been asking, try, trying to kind of come out to them. By the way, Caleb, did you, did you ever, um, show your parents those movies? You said you're going to, uh, suggest they watch those films. Um, one film is called, um, prayer for Bobby. And the other one is called, I can't remember what the other one was called, but anyway, uh, there's a movie called prayer for Bobby and it's about, um, it's a true story, true story. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's in it. And she's actually, um, plays a mother who's highly religious, very religious. And she actually um, has a gay son. Her son, she doesn't know he's gay, obviously. He comes out to her after um, a suicide attempt. And uh, I think it's after a suicide attempt. I can't remember. Maybe that was later. But anyway, he comes out to her and she says he's going to hell, whatever, which is the typical response for someone who's evangelical like that. And um, he ends up being himself and finding himself, whatever, and begins to enjoy who he is and, and understand who he is and love himself. However, his mother does not. So she ends up telling him, sending him to some psychiatrist or whatever, is going to send him out to some camp or something. And so he kills himself. And so she loses her son because she can't accept him for who and what he is. And so if you're a heterosexual person listening to this show and you, you have children or you may have kids, it is your responsibility as a parent, in my opinion, to love your children regardless of what they become. If they're gay, if they're straight, if they're bi, if they want, to, if they're transgendered, if they're, um, if they're going to be a, a bank robber, murderer, whatever the fuck they're going to be, it is your responsibility when you decided to have that ch child, or whether you decided or not, whether you ended up with that kid, it is your responsibility as a parent to love your child regardless of what they are, because you're supposed to love them unconditionally. And if they don't, if you don't love your kid unconditionally, nobody else else in the fucking world didn't love them unconditionally and that's how i see it you know and i know if i had a child and they were anything other than what i expected them to be i would still love them and accept them and try to help them get through it because that's the only way for you as a parent to understand um who they are you know your kids are not made to be in your image your children are made to be whomever and whatever they're going to be you as a parent are just sort of have them for 18 years and uh, you're kind of their custodian for a while, right? But you you do not have the right to tell them who and what they're going to be. Other you can you can mold them to some degree. You can say this is what I believe. You know, if you're religious, you can say this is what I believe religiously. Whatever, fine. But if they choose not to believe the way you believe, or if they end up not being what you expected, it is not their fault at all. Um, but I, I wanted to make sure that people understand there is an organization called PFLAG, Parents of Friends of Lesbians and Gays. If you have a friend that comes out to you or a son or a daughter or a parent even, whatever, that comes out to you, um, you can go to that organization. They're almost everywhere in the country, any, almost all the major you know, locations, and you can check them out. I think PFLAG.org, P-F-L-A-G.org, I think is the... Uh, 
the website. Um, so if you haven't heard of them, you know, you can check them out. Uh, is anybody going to call in so I don't have to talk to myself the whole show? If you want to call in one more time, the number is 214-377-0481. Go to play one more song, come back, and hopefully somebody will call in to talk to me so we can discuss uh, whatever's on your mind. Be right back. All day, all day, all night. Just wanna hold you tight. All day, all night. Just wanna hold you tight.
right, so we are back. If you want to call in, the number is 214-377-0481. I'm uh, going to wrap up the show in just a minute, but I wanted to um, talk to Caleb real quick about his um, dilemma before I go. Um, Caleb, you had said earlier um, you were thinking about starting a group. And you know how you said that the other groups don't really seem welcoming or whatever. It's true. I agree with you. Um, but I think, look, if you want to start a group, start one. When I was in college, I started my own gay fraternity. Um, I started a chapter, uh, the Alpha Kappa chapter of the Delta Lambda Phi National Fraternity at SMU. Um, I started it on my own because I saw a need. I went through Rush. I didn't go through Rush, but I was dirty rushed, meaning before Rush even began, some of the, uh, this is my freshman year, fresh, first semester, by the way, some of the um, uh, fraternities were trying to rush uh, and trying to get people to join them before any other fraternity had the option to. Um, and so they would bring, they brought me to the to one of their, me and my roommate, um, to their um their fraternity house, which is really nice one. It was the Kappa Alpha fraternity. Kappa, no, it was called the Kappa Sig fraternity. Sigma Kappa? Kappa Sigma. Kappa Sig. The pretty sure it's Kappa Sig. But anyway, they uh, brought me to the, up there and gave us beer and everything else, whatever. And it was hilarious because I was looking at all the hot fraternity guys and they had these stupid, silly girls around. <laughs> you know, they were half drunk. Hi, you know, whatever. I was like, oh my God, this is so not for me, you know? And I was just thinking about, you know, blowing the guys in their room or something was my, was my, would, would have been what I wanted to do, not, not have sex with those girls. So, it, you know, the girls are talking and everything else and it was okay, I guess, but it just wasn't me. And I wasn't, I didn't have any kind of real um, connection with these people. You know, fr I'm frat guy. I am not, I'm just not a frat, a typical frat kind of guy. I don't, I'm not a beer guzzling, you know, hamburger eating, uh, you know, girl crazy football watching guy at all. I'm just not like that. Obviously, I'm sure you know that. Um, so I ended up thinking about it. And I was like, well, I should start a fraternity where gay guys can get together and have their own fraternity and just, you know, just friendship or whatever. And I really wanted to foster friendships between gay men. That's what I wanted because up until that point, it had been hard. I had, I had gay friends, of course, who were gay men, but having a big group of gay guys together always had created a big issue. And so I started it and um, got in touch with the national organization and blah, blah, blah. And it went on and I became president of it, whatever. But uh, the thing is, everybody was so catty lots of infighting some guys were having sex with each other whatever pissed me off because i was like this is not a you know dating club the ones who are having sex there's only like three or four of them but there's probably like 15 of us or 20 of us in there and i was like well you know i don't think that's right i think you know you can if you want to date somebody that's fine whatever but i think you know um i really wanted to have foster friendships between gay men and it just really went downhill and and guys were just catty and so I just ended up leaving the whole thing and somebody else to do it anyway. So, um, my point is though, is that when you get gay guys together a lot as a group, it, that's that tends to happen. Certain kind of gay guys, unfortunately. Yeah. Call in, talk about it. I want to hear what you have to say. Sorry. I just not saw you in the chat room. Call in the numbers two one four three seven seven zero four eight one, or you can call in using Skype off limits show. 
Um, and I want to hear what you happened with your mom and everything. But I was just going to say that, you know, if you want to start, if you want to start your um, organization that's not currently representing you, you or someone like you who, who wants to do what you want to do, by God, do it. That's what I did. There wasn't there wasn't an organization that did. So I started my own. And that's what you should do. If you want to do it, for God's sakes, do it. Because I admire people like that. And that's how I am. I, 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 I hello, you there? Oh, is that hello? You there? Who is this? Hello, okay, Caleb. I can barely hear you. Are you there, Caleb? I can hear you talking, but I can't hear you. <laughs> huh? Hello. hello, there you are. Can you hear me? Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Hello. Hi, Caleb, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Hold on. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I, I can kind of hear you. It's it's sort of um, choppy. Hello. It's sort of choppy. I can hear you sort of. Hold on. Okay, are you there? on the phone. Oh, I can hear you. The computer is like slower than how I'm talking on the phone. Oh, I know. You should probably turn your computer down so you don't have to hear yourself because mine does the same thing. I have to turn it down. Otherwise, I get confused when I'm speaking. <laughs> but I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Can you hear me now? Hello. Okay, hey, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. I'm talking. Okay, so speak. <laughs> What's I'm going on? Hello, hello. Hi. I can hear you, Caleb. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I can hear you. Hold on, I can hear you. I can hear you. I can't hear you at all. You can't hear me at all? Uh, that's weird. I don't know why. Let me see. I can't hear you on the phone, but I can hear you on the computer, which makes no sense. Did you call in through the phone? <laughs> Hold on. Did you call in through the phone? Or did you call in with your computer? That's weird. Yeah, I called in this phone. <laughs> There's such a delay. There's this such is weird. Delay. This is so weird. This is not. This is not good. Oh my god. Uh, call in again. Uh, try to call in through the. <laughs> can you call in using Skype? Try calling Skype, or try if you can use Skype. Try calling Skype. If you can't, then call on your phone again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's like a a minute delay between the computer and my phone. 
Um, Strange. So let's see if I can add a call. Add people. Um, let's see if I can add a call. Let's see, two, five, six. Okay. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, good. It's working now. Yay. <laughs> okay. I'm like just muting the computer, so that's okay, not good. interfering. Good, 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 good. No, I have no, face. Our... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, earlier, I couldn't hear a word you said online, and then I could hear what you said. I mean, I couldn't he hear a word you said on the phone, but I could hear you on the computer. But on the computer, you were responding to what I said like five minutes ago. I know. That's so, what was happening to me, too. I could hear you, but it was like you were responding. I was responding, and you couldn't hear me for like a minute later. Yeah. Yeah, and then I got tickled. I just couldn't stop laughing. I was like, I'm hanging up. <laughs> I don't know okay. what's going on right now. <laughs> that's okay. So tell me about what's going on with your your mom. Tell tell me first. Let me give people some background. Uh, you had asked me on a previous show um, what I thought about you possibly giving your mom and dad um, a movie about coming out, kind of a story sort of thing, and if that might help them come to terms with you being gay. So what what did you do? Did you show them the movie, or what happened exactly? So, um, yes, like that week when I was on the show, um, uh, that weekend they came to, uh, to visit me or whatever, and I sent them uh, the two movies for the Bible, the documentary for The Bible Tells Me So, and the movie with Sigourney Weaver, um, Prayers for Bobby. Yes. And uh, I sent it with them or whatever, and like the next day my mom calls me, and um, I don't think my dad or my grandma has got a chance to see uh, the documentary, but my grandma's already seen Prayers for Bobby like a year ago when I watched it with her. Oh. But, um, so, uh, <laughs> so, um, anyway, to like the next day, my mom called me and, uh, I was like, Hey, you know, have you got a chance to watch the movies? Cause I, I mean, I told her, I said, Bef you know, before you watch them, I was like, these are kind of like what the issues are about and, you know, no rush. This is totally up to you whenever you get a chance, you know, it was like mm -hmm. no pressure, you know, to me, it was like the first step is them wanting to take interest to even put the DVD in and watch it. So she said, um, she was like, well, you know, uh, my brother was out at my grandma's house and my dad was asleep or something. And she was like, I just wanted to go ahead and watch it. So she went ahead and watched the documentary. And Where the Bible tells me it, so. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was like I was talking to a totally different person. Really? You mean after yes. she watched it? Yes. What happened? And, tell me what, tell um, me what her reaction was to it. Okay, so um, she was like, I watched it or whatever, and she started talking about how she thought that it was um, how it was really good and it really um, like asked a lot of answered a lot of questions or whatever, and that uh, it made her feel like she learned more and that now she wants to know more. And that she can't wait for like my dad and my grandma to watch it and everything, and um, awesome. That's great. Yeah, and, 
who said that you know, she started talking to my grandma about, well, you know, when people hear the word gay, you know, she was, or she was asked my grandma, she was like, she was telling me this, and she said that she asked my grandma, what do you think of when you hear the word gay? And she was like, sex. And my mom was like, exactly, mm-hmm. because that's what you think of, and you don't think, like, that's kind of like the label, that the association, when it shouldn't be. Right. You know, and just for her to even say that, for her to just say the word gay, it was like big, you know, for me or whatever. And then she started asking me all these questions that she had never asked before. And she, she was like, well, his, his Luke, who's my boyfriend, who hasn't come out yet, she's like, has he told his parents yet? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, when do you think he knew that he was? I mean, I was just floored. I, I really <laughs> was. Like, she took interest, and she wanted to learn more, and she wanted to know more, and she wasn't condescending about it. You know, she was just open. And, like, that was that's probably been one of the um, best purchases I've that's ever made in my wonderful. life. That's wonderful. movies and sending them to her. That's great. That's wonderful. You couldn't have asked for a better reaction from her. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. And so was it just your mother or did your dad watch it? or, or uh, what? It's, it's, As far as I know, I think she's the only one that has seen that yet because okay. like school started back because my brother's homeschooled. By, mm-hmm. Not my mom, but another person. And um, so they haven't got a chance because he used to uh, stay the night at another family member or something during the summer to um while my parents went to work so now he's back home so kind of like working around and she said she even said my brother's 13 12 mm-hmm. he'll be 13 in december and she even said that if he was like as mature as i was at that age that she would probably even let him watch it that's wonderful that is really yeah. wonderful i mean my god you could ask for a better reaction from her and and so, so, uh, so she was asking questions about your boyfriend too, and that's good too, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's really good. So maybe I remember you telling me before. Was it you that wasn't comfortable with him coming over to your family because you know how they react, or was it he, him that wasn't comfortable because he's not out, or both? For, um, for like Thanksgiving or something, I mean. Oh yeah, I think I said something like. Uh, he wasn't out yet, but I wanted him to like come to my, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas. But I didn't want to make him uncomfortable or something like that. I think that's what I said. Right, and but so have you told him what their reaction was to it or or not? Oh yeah, and yeah, and <laughs> this is weird. Um, I I should have done it like from the get go, and I was mm-hmm. on the phone with her for like twenty minutes when she was telling me all this, and it it was literally like so amazing for me to hear that I walked over to my computer and put the uh, uh, webcam on and started recording. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, so I let him. I put her on speaker, so I let him like listen to some of it, and he was just. But he kept on pausing it, saying, "Oh my gosh, really? She said that, you know." Wow. And I mean, these aren't, you know, they're not like the big close-minded people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they did a lot of stuff that the mom did in the Prayers for Bobby movie, and she, they haven't watched that yet. And which I told my mom, I said, "Watch the documentary first. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, "The Prayers for Bobby will probably be pretty hard to watch mm-hmm. <laughs> because of, because of every, you know, thing that that mom did. She did with me, like." Making oh my me go God. on my biking trips with my get dad, um, oh God. putting uh, Bible verses, sticky notes on the uh, bathroom mirror, telling me not to hold my hand that way, putting me in counseling. I mean, everything mm. that mom did, my mom did. So I know it would be hard to watch, just as it was equally hard for me to watch. It's going to be emotional for her to see that movie. Yes. yes. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, yeah, and that's, you know, that's just, that's great. I mean, I'm so happy for you. Honestly, that's really, really great. And like I told you, uh, my, my intuition was, I told you, I told you at the end of the call when we discussed it, that, that my feeling was that they would come around and, and they're coming around much faster than I thought they ever would because I don't know them. You do. But, I mean, they, they really are. They really are coming around. That's great. That's wonderful. That makes your life so much easier. So much yeah, easier. And that's um, another reason why I said that on the show is, you know, if anybody else is out there listening to this, you know, I definitely watch those and, you know, you may not have to give it to them, you know, and I don't think that um, it would have been appropriate for me to just have a sit down and be like, oh, well, let's watch this. You know, right. I feel like that would be too much of like bombarding them with it, you know, and I probably would, it would have been hard for me to keep my opinions um, to myself during right. that time. So for them to have, take the initiative to even watch it in the first place and form their own opinions just meant worlds to me and was like a big change from what used to be. That is the greatest news I've heard in a long time. I'm so happy for you. I mean, seriously. <laughs> if I could give you a hug, I would. I mean, I'm oh, seriously thanks. happy for you because that's great. I mean, you, yeah. you don't know unless you're, I mean, you know, we've talked about it before to some degree that, you know, that gay 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 guys gay women too but gay guys have to come out of the closet it's not like you are just born and the the baby comes out and they have a pink i don't know a pink pink nose it means they're gay or something i mean you know you come out of the womb and you're just like every other baby and your parents don't know you're gay necessarily and as you grow up and you realize you're gay it becomes you know incumbent upon us to actually come out of the closet and so that that experience is so different for everybody and sometimes as prayers for bobby the movie uh shows it can end in tragedy and sometimes it can end in a really great way. And I think that you and your family are in a really great path because the good thing is that they are inquisitive. They're interested. They're open-minded. Um, they're willing to, um, you know, look at what their beliefs are and challenge them uh, with other beliefs and, and with other ways of thinking, instead of just saying, no, this is the way it is and not listening to anything you say. So that's Caleb. That's great. That's really great news. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I really you. am. I, also, I think that goes back to um, what you said earlier in the podcast about um, just carrying on conversation. You know, in I was watching an interview with Judy Shepard, which is Matthew Shepard's mom or whatever. I'm sure you know that. Yes. Um, with my boyfriend or whatever. And uh, she was talking about the importance of coming out, you know, and uh, how anybody who is gay needs to just come out now, you know, because the more you stay quiet about it, the more it gets shuffled under the rug, and it's still a mystery, and nobody knows, you know, so. That's right. That's right. It goes, it, just like the conversation you were talking about earlier is that, you know, we need to talk about it. We need to have discussions, you know, and that's how change is made by talking that's about it. exactly right. And that's exactly right. Yes. And, and I think that she's right. I mean, I, I think I, I saw her say that or a quote or something or Twitter, or maybe somewhere, but I, I, um, she's absolutely right. I think that people, I mean, I don't believe in forcing people out of the closet unless they want to come out, but I think that it's 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 right. it's necessary. I think it's important that people do for the exact reasons she said. I mean, the more people come out, and the thing is, it's what's funny is like half the people who come out, people don't even would never have thought were gay or whatever, and and or they're they're living a lie or something. And so when people like famous actors or celebrities or athletes or whatever come out, it really gives those you know, those who have not come out yet the hope that their life 
life can be okay. And also the kids who are watching and who are feeling horrible about being gay because they're bullied or whatever, and even if they're openly gay or whatever. Um, and it makes them realize that there is hope. And so, yes, I completely agree with you. And like I said earlier, yes, conversation and having discussions and actually discussing these things is so important. Someone told me once that um, it's not, you know, what's the point of having a show or what's the point in, in having political discussions or the point in talking about homophobia or talking about the things I talk about in my show and whether it's on my show or in real life, because I always talk about this stuff in real life too, trust me. And so I, I am, um, and I, I, that's the point I've always made is that that if you don't have a discussion, nothing will ever change because people are complacent and they want things to stay the same because it's easy and comfortable. And if you don't challenge the status quo, then um, nothing ever changes. So I'm glad you agree with me and I'm so happy for you. And I cannot tell you how happy I am to hear that because I was so afraid you're going to come back. What you said in the chat room, you're like, oh my God. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it was a oh, bad yeah. experience. Was, no, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't. So I'm so glad. So I'm so glad. So what is your, what's the future? What's your future plan in terms of your, um, your boyfriend oh, yeah, and well, stuff and your what, relationship? Then? Oh, um, well, okay. <laughs> so this kind of happened at a, another time. He, um, he's, uh, He's like really big into electronics or whatever, and he's worked at a church for like the past three years, mm -hmm. um, doing their uh, like recording the sermons and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, as far as I know, like it's you know a good church. He tried to get me to go a couple times when we first got together, and I was like, mm, no, I don't do that. <laughs> but uh, he um, uh, he's not like one of those you know big Christian whatever, but. It was more of like a commitment because he's really big on like, well, I said I'm going to do this, so I'm going to do it, you know, and it's that's like his job that he had been at for so long, and plus, you know, he can put that on his resume or whatever. And, um, well, after this Supreme Court rulings or whatever about Doma, his church, the pastor, he's never been like really talking about hate, you know, hate speech or whatever, mm -hmm. but here recently he has. Mm -hmm. And well, of course he records it, so he brings it back for me to listen, you know, on Sundays. And he's like, "Well, this happened," and like last Sunday or the Sunday before that, he came home and he was like, "Um, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm <laughs> done with that, you know." And I, I was like, "You know, what is it?" And you know, he let me hear it, and it was basically, you know, the uh, uh, devils and black robes of the Supreme Court, you know, oh my doing God. stuff like that. And uh, I said, I said, well, you know, there's no sense in putting your time and your effort into going somewhere where you just sit there and they talk bad about you, because that's what they're doing. Exactly. You know, that's you, and they're talking bad about it, you know. Mm -hmm, and if, mm -hmm. I'm so sick of this backwards church, mm -hmm. you know. I think, I think, you know, people always think the Antichrist is the person, and I used to think it was technology, but now I think it's freaking the church, mm -hmm. and it's totally opposite, and people don't even realize how much um, harm they're doing, and I think, like, I've seen all these interviews with Pat Robertson lately, who's an idiot, but... Uh, That's an understatement. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. And I, and they're, they're relating, because they, they try to spin it, they say, like, the gay agenda is spinning it into love but like they spin it because they say oh well we love you and to, for them that means that they want you to be like they them. want you to get into heaven yeah right 
they're like, well, we're, we're pointing out all your flaws and all the things you're doing wrong because we love you and we want you to go to heaven and not go to hell. So they've equated love with heaven, which is not right. Well, so, they've, they've equated they've equated love with doing what they they feel is is correct or right in their religious belief system, and that has nothing to do with anything other than their religion. Um, has nothing to do with what reality is. And, and and do you think? I mean, so it's that's why it's difficult. I think you know your your boyfriend obviously is probably was obviously disillusioned with what happened and and with the church. And um, a lot of gay people aren't involved in. Christian churches specifically because of this, do you think it's, you think he's going to, I mean, what is he feeling now? Is he completely done with that church or done with Christianity as a whole or what? Oh, um, uh, I mean, we're really big into like non-religion. Um, as far as I'm concerned, mine's like not Christianity. Yes, I believe, you know, somebody created us a God or whatever. But I believe, like, God is love, so I love people, and I feel like love is the highest power. Yeah. And if you love somebody and they love you, nothing will separate you, even death. Mm, so love that. That's, that's kind of, like, <clears throat> where I'm at for now. Yeah, I, I love that. And, yeah, so your idea of God is not is not one that's defined by a religious belief system. It's, it's defined by what you feel innately inside you, or some, right? It's more about yeah. that than, yeah. Right. Right, and that's how I was when I was your age too, and I'm the same way now. I mean, I mean, that I, my point is, I by the time I was your age, I had come to the same conclusion uh, way before you actually. But I always hated religion. Oh, yeah. But um, I wasn't raised in a highly religious household like you were. But um, I, I think that that's great because people, you know, um, I think if you can understand that religion. I mean, I hate to say this, but I say it because it's the truth. I mean, religion is, is if you look at what religion has accomplished in this world and what it has, what good That's it's it. done and what it hasn't done, if you weigh them, you did pros and cons list. I'm sorry, but there'd be far more cons to being religious uh-huh. than, than pros because they have, you know, the Spanish Inquisition and, and Nazi, Nazism even was based somewhat in Christianity, some small degree. But anyway, so there's, and, and just, you know, slavery and so much shit in this world has in, transpired in the name of religion or a god that a god says this god says that blah 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 and so i'm sorry but i've never i just feel religion is evil i feel like you just said you just said that yourself um i'm hearing myself now <laughs> what happened um, I, don't, I don't know why <laughs> i don't oh, hear you talk that may be the other hold on let me see here I, for some reason, I'm hearing myself. I don't know why. Hold on. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. So that's not your computer? It's not my computer? Isn't It's not your computer, is it? Uh, no, mine's off. Or oh. The volume's off. Okay. Well, I stopped. I think I was unmuted on the other call because the other caller, yeah. I think I was unmuted uh, on the other caller because the other caller is broadcasting this show on their show. So I think that's what it was. Sorry. Anyway, so, but I agree with you that, yeah, I think religion basically, that's the conclusion I've come to, is is evil. And when I say that to people, you know, they look at me crazy or weird, but I feel people who don't really um, understand the effects of religion on 
everybody, not just gay people, but women, women's rights, gay rights, you know, uh, sla- um, mm-hmm. on um, uh, minorities' rights, racially, whatever. All of these things are affected by religion. And I think that religion is bullshit. I think that it's written by some people 3,000 years ago in terms of Christianity anyway, or, or Islam or Judaism or whatever. And people take this book that's written by men and use it as the word of quote-unquote God, when I don't think God needs to write a book, first of all, but I think that, I think as you said to some degree anyway, that God lives with inside of us. I think whatever you call God or think God to be, I think God is inside of us. And I think as you said, I love what you said about love. I love what you said about love. You said that um, God is present in that, or he's always present in love or something like that. And I love that saying because that's true. God is love, and God is not hate. God is not judgment. God is not envy. God is not all these negative emotions because I've always said that the highest power, whatever you call God or whatever it is, would not be petty and emotional that way. It would be something that's all about love. And I, I love that. So I'm glad you've come to the same conclusion. That's my long way of saying that I agree with you, basically. And I think that that um, that you're you're definitely headed in the right direction with your life. And and um, things are going to work out really well for you. And I hope that you do start something. Are you actually going to try to start an organization, you said? Or are you going to try to get involved with PFLAG there? Or what's going to happen with that, exactly? Um, yes, I hope so. Like I said, the Facebook page looks like they haven't been um, active in a while, but I messaged them and I'll try and call them tomorrow to see what they're um, doing. I also wanted to say that as far as like the Bible's concerned, I mm-hmm. think it's just a bunch of parables, but then they basically all boil down to loving everybody. And I feel that um, people try to be like, oh, you know, well, let's praise God. Or you know, I feel like people spend so much time... Uh, quote-unquote, loving God or praising God or whatever, worshiping God, that mm-hmm. they don't love people. Well, they forget the message. They yeah, forget the well, message, yeah. Right, and I feel like, you know, you know, God is a jealous God or, you know, all this crap that everybody says. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, well, I mean, you're spending more time worshiping God for your heaven hereafter, and you're wasting all the love you could be giving everybody here. Absolutely. And I think that's important, uh, too. I mean, whether you're religious or not religious, whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God, you're an atheist or you're evangelical Christian or whatever. I think regardless, you you need to focus that on what is in front of you here in this world and how you behave in this world, not live your life in order to make your afterlife some, you know, luxury, luxurious heaven or whatever. I mean, because what you do, you know, if you're not, if you do believe in God and you're some evangelical Christian, what you do here on earth is what matters most in terms of you getting to heaven. That's what most Christians believe. So it's not about, you know, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that I live my life according to some book. It's about how you treat people and how, and what the basic tenet and message of, almost every religion is is love and if you can do that then i think if you're a christian you believe you're going to heaven all that stuff then you'll go there and if you're an atheist or if you're someone who doesn't believe in religion or someone who doesn't believe in um, even if you're not religious and you still believe in something whatever i think that that's where that's why i think honestly i guess i'm trying to say this i think honestly a lot of atheists a lot of agnostic people a lot of humanists which i kind of consider myself to be sort of a humanist um people who are not necessarily religious often are better people 
than people who are religious. And they're often, because they, they understand that you're not here to live your life for some reward. You're here to do good now, to uh, live as an example for yourself. And you can live and be a good person because it's the right thing to do, not because it's what God wants you to do. And so I, I, I found so many really wonderful atheists out there who are really great people who give tons of charity, who, who, who do tons of community service, who do stuff for everybody else. And a lot of Christians who all they do is go to church and worship God, and, but never actually do shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that's what I, that's how I see it. But um, so, yeah, so yeah, I hope that you, um, I hope that you will start your organization and whatever that, whatever form that comes in. And uh, you're going to be, you're going to be a really great uh, voice for gay rights. I can tell because you, you know, whether it's on a small scale or a big one, because I think you are passionate about it and uh you recognize the need for it, especially in your community where you live. Obviously, there's not a lot of, uh, you don't seem to have a lot of um, options there in terms of speaking out for your rights. And uh, you live in, you said Alabama? I'm sorry, where is it you live? Yes, it's Alabama. Uh, North Alabama. Yeah, so, yeah, and that's, talk about, fuck, the South. I mean, oh, my God. The, that's like the Deep South, and that is like one of the worst places to be in the world if, you want, if you're gay, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh-huh. And I know, I mean, Texas, I think Texas is probably better. I mean, that's not saying much, trust me. It's better to be a Texan than it is to be an Alabaman. How do you say it? Alabaman? Alabamian? How do you say yes. it? Yes, Alabamian. Okay. It's better to be a Texan than an Alabamian and be gay, I think. Because I think, I don't know, it's just my impression of Alabama being a place where there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of hatred here and everything, but I mean, I think, I think in Alabama, I think KKK, I think, you know what I mean? I think hangings right. and shit like that. Not that that doesn't happen here, but go ahead. Sorry. That's no, okay. Um, I also think that, you know, a lot of, um, gay people tend to leave, you know, where they're not accepted and they're like, well, I'll go to California or I'll go wherever, you that's know, right. where it's more accepting. But I almost think that, that's not what you need to do. You need to stay where you are and mm-hmm. kind of stand your ground mm-hmm. and hope for change and do all you can mm-hmm. to change the place you're in. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really easy to run away, you know, because you're, I mean, you're scared, you know, right. it's really easy to do that, but right. for you to stay and help one person, then, I mean, that's, yeah, I've always said, you know, I, that's what I said, you know, I'd rather stay and fight than to flee. And um, I'd rather stay and fight and, and affect change with my my life and my example than to flee. It's a lot easier. I could have. That's why people always ask me, "Why the fuck are you in Texas? You don't belong there." And I'm like, "You're right. I don't belong here. I hate it here. It sucks here. It's fucking horrible. People here are fucking horrible." <laughs> but but uh-huh. I'm still here because one, my life has always been here. My roots are here so deep. But also because. Um, I never left because it would have been easier. But also, I feel like if I don't stay, and not just me, but I mean people like me, if we don't stay and fight, then nothing will ever change. People will just continue to be retards. Or, sorry, I use that word. Um, fucktards. <laughs> people will continue to be just, you know, stupid, bigoted, prejudiced, racist, homophobic assholes. And the only way it's going to change is if people fight. Uh, against that and if we run away like you said if we all ran away to California which is not I mean depending where you go San Francisco or New York or whatever where it's far more liberal and liberally minded um, then you're going to leave this wasteland of people here who have no one to fight for them or speak up for them so I'm glad that you're staying and fighting because that means you're 
you're you're a fighter. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I love that about you. So, well, well, thank you for calling in, Caleb. I appreciate it, and I hope that you will um, keep me informed because I really want to know what happens in the future, what happens with your boyfriend and um, and his coming out process. Hopefully, he'll be inspired by what you've done and maybe take the step out of the closet himself. Maybe in the future, do you think that's possible or or not? Um. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, okay. talked about it, especially um, after this. That's what I meant to say, but I went into the whole church thing. Um, but after that has happened, he's um, like it's getting closer and closer. You know. Good, good. I'm so glad. Um, I also wanted you to ask you uh, to ask you. I don't know sure. if you have time or whatever. Yeah, but I do. Your thoughts on it goes back to the conversation thing. You know, you said at the very beginning about. But also, there's all these like, hate crimes and these, these suicides that have happened recently, too. You know, it's just over and over and over, you know, and it used to be like almost an epidemic. But I think people forget about that, that mm-hmm. um, gay suicide is still happening. You know, it's relevant. It's still happening. And what are your thoughts on um, the Russian, the, mm, uh, as, far as, as far as Russia and the Olympics next year? Because um, I, I know a lot of people are saying, uh, as far as Russia is concerned, I think they're still um, they're still having their laws against like the gay propaganda or whatever, and that will still be in effect when Americans or whoever goes over there for the Olympics. So, yeah, what do you uh, I, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I wanted to mention that actually. I haven't mentioned it since this week um, or this week at all. But I, 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 I abhor. I mean, my God, Russian Vladimir Putin, whatever his fucking name is. Um, it, they're, they have laws that are basically on the books now that are anti-gay laws, and they're, they're stating that you know homosexuality cannot be promoted in any way, shape, or fashion in movies, film. You can't even hold a fucking flag out anywhere. You can't assemble as gay people. You can't have a gay pride parade. You can't do anything that promotes, as they put it, promotes homosexuality in a positive light. So that essentially has made... And so we recently had... Or they recently had a gay... Um, a gay pride parade there and they were beat up bloodied and bruised by the police and completely I mean, horrifically like like you would have seen in selma alabama or something in the in the 50s you know uh, so towards black people that's what was happening there bloodied and bruised and whatever i'm not sure if anyone was killed or not but i know there was a lot of people who were injured um so that and then the olympics um i think that because of these laws it's saying that um the the, the people in the winter olympics are not going to be able to uh, be promoted as being gay or anything? Is that what you're saying? Is that what it was? Uh, yes, I believe they released a statement and said, you know, our laws are still going to be in effect. So um, basically they have to tone it down or whatever. Oh, my God. Tone it down because they're coming out with a boa and everything, I'm sure. Anyway, <laughs> so, but yeah, Stoli, which is a, a vodka, I think it was Stoli. I'm not sure if it was Stoli, but it was a vodka company. I think it was Stoli. Uh, came out in, in their uh, Russian-owned company, I believe, and they actually said that they were, um, you know, condemning uh, this law and were stating that, you know, they were in favor of it. So they have some support there, but no, I think it's horrible. And I mean, they're really sending back, you know, all these people who are gay there, they're, it's an, it's an actually oppression. It's, that's what it is. They're oppressing, they're oppressing these people who are gay and simply want to be themselves and be able to assemble free freely. And I think it's horrible, but it is Russia and Russia is now a socialistic, communist type country or something it used to be communist completely but now it's like something some kind of um conglomeration of 
communism and socialism or something. But anyway, so the country is sort of able to do what the fuck they want. But I think that um, I'm proud when I see that, that I'm an American, even though America has so much fucking, you know, work to do. I'm so happy that I'm an American live here and not there. But what do you think there's anything we can do as Americans? I don't think there's anything we can do as Americans for the Russian people over there. Do you think there is? Um, I'm not sure. Like I tweeted earlier today, I think, you know, boycotting the Olympics. I know that, I mean, there's only so much you can do as far as that, but I think the U S needs to be like, look, if you don't support it, you know, or if you, um, then like, we're not going to go there or whatever. Right. I've lost all the words to say. Well, they also, they also have a law now that says if you're gay, you can't adopt a Russian child. They used to allow gays to adopt Russian children and they, now have a law that says gays can't even adopt kids there. I mean, basically, you know, Russian the Russian culture is very, very machismo. It's very, you know, very machismo. It's always been that way and very much into the uh, patriarchal society. That's very much patriarchal society. And um, so it doesn't surprise me that it came out of Russia that they would do this. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I can't do anything about it myself. All I can do is support them in, in spirit. Um, and as you said, we can... Um, we can boycott Russian products. I guess that's why Stelly came out in favor of it because they didn't want to be boycotted. But um, I don't know what else we can do about it. I think it's a horrible thing, a horrible situation. But this kind of thing's happening all over the world. It's happening in Uganda. Uganda, the president in Uganda said he wanted to, or excuse me, somebody running for president in Uganda said that if he's elected, he will behead every gay person in the country. Behead. Oh, my God. Yes. This is what the world is fucking crazy. They're so, they're so fucking... Um, Threatened by us, I mean, by gay people. Hitler. That's Hitler stuff. It is that's Hitler shit. Stuff. Exactly. And that's the thing. That, you know, re- history re- repeats itself if you allow it to. And I am very, very uneasy about these kind of dictators and these kind of people doing these kinds of things because that's where they're headed. And it all starts off, and that's exactly how Nazi Germany began. They began to, you know, take away the rights of people who were gay and, and other Jews and everything else slowly. And they slowly began to migrate them out of the out of the country into the, the ghettos and from the ghettos into the concentration camps and they ended up, ended up killing them all um, or a lot of them so I, I mean this is how these kinds of things start it's an extermination in some ways extermination of rights to begin with and it, and it can morph into far far more heinous things and so it's very frightening to me um, that these things are going on around the world and in, I want to know why America, what's America going to do about it? I don't know. I don't know what, what Americans as a country, I mean, as the government could do about it. But I think if President Obama could do something about it, other than just condemn their actions, which he did condemn Russia's actions and also Uganda's, but I think that they're, they should do something about it. Instead of just sitting on their thumbs and allowing people to be exterminated or whatever, which may happen in the future. But not that that's happened yet, but it's possible. But I think it's a slippery slope. So... It's frightening. It's very frightening. And it's not to say that that couldn't happen here, too, someday. I mean, I don't think it will, but it's not to say that if there weren't the right kind of people in power, I should say the wrong kind of people in power, that that could happen here, that they would do that to us as well. Um, Because people are basically, when fear is driving you, um, people do really crazy, crazy shit. (laughs) So um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, putting it past as a possibility. So I think we just have to continue to fight for our rights here and hope that someday they will get their rights in Russia. So, and I think, um, gay people, I mean, they're still being bullied to death here, literally. You know? I know <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's different here because it's not a law, but it's, it's uh, it still happens socially. I mean, culturally, yes, 
Absolutely. And, uh, and, and as you said, hopefully people like yourself and, you know, me and, and yourself will be able to change, um, little by little, um, people's minds and make people understand us as most basically people who don't know gay people or understand gay people or who are like closet cases or whatever that don't like gay people to begin with. So, you know, it usually, if they're exposed to gay people and understand us, um, and understand us from a non-religious has been completed standpoint then we're okay sorry that's it <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's okay so um thank you for calling in i appreciate it and i will uh hope to talk to you next time and um call back anytime and um keep me posted okay so did the podcast end no ours is still going that was the other one <laughs> that was the other oh, okay one. okay i was like so i don't know if it's cut off or not so i just turned my computer off a little yeah yeah, no, it's just us. That was them. Um, yeah, well, thanks for having me. <laughs> you're welcome, Caleb. Uh, anytime you want to call in, feel free. And I appreciate you listening to the show as always. And keep me informed, okay? Okay, thank okay. you very much. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody, that's Caleb. And uh, Caleb is uh, a regular on the show. I appreciate you calling in, Caleb. David, thanks for joining me tonight. You guys have a great night, and I'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. <laughs>
independent studies show that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen. Real results. Real care. Real about recovery.